Welcome to the Square Apple Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Yong Shin Ning. I'm the co-founder of Change Voyage Consulting. After 20 years of corporate life, I successfully transited to be an entrepreneur. Wearing multiple hats as an entrepreneur, adjunct lecturer, mother, wife, daughter, sister, has taught me how to navigate life's challenges. And my secret is the Square Apple. In this show, I will discuss tips and strategies to change the way you think about your personal and professional life. Because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ready to activate the square apple in you? Let's begin! Welcome to the Square Apple Show. I'm Shin Ning, and in this episode, I'm going to share another model that you can use to change the behaviour of yourself and the people around you. I've shared earlier on how to systematically change people's behaviour using the SWITCH framework by the Heath brothers. As a recap, the SWITCH framework is about directing the rider, which is the rational and analytical self, motivating the elephant, which is the emotional and instinctive part of us, and finally, shaping the path, which is changing the environment around us to make it easier for the person or ourselves to adopt the change. Today, I'm going to share another model that I find very useful in deciphering the lever to use to influence and change people's behaviour. The psychology theories that underpin both theories are pretty similar, but they are structured in different ways. So, if you are in a situation where you are trying to convince someone to change, it may be your bosses, subordinates, co-workers, spouse, children, or anyone for that matter, This podcast is for you. Or, if you are simply trying to find a way to motivate yourself to change your current behaviour, please also sit tight and listen in. Ready? Let me illustrate the framework with a story. Okay, facets of the stories are what I've experienced in my course of work as a change management consultant. Other facets are what I've heard from co-workers or read from case studies. So, let me start with a disclaimer. The story itself is fictional and any resemblance to actual events, individuals, dead or alive are purely coincidental. This story is set in a factory manufacturing cleansing products like soap bars. This factory is part of a very large company where the headquarters is located in a geographically and culturally distant place. The majority of the 500 workers work on the factory floor. These workers in the factory have a practice of bringing back products that they have produced for their own use. To them, it is perfectly normal because everybody does it. There is no malice or ill intent behind the action and they don't perceive the action as illegal. Recently, the headquarter management has decided to implement an ERP system in this factory to improve the efficiency of the processes as well as improve governance and accountability. The headquarter management has long been aware of the issue where workers are liberally bringing back products for their own use. With the ERP system, the shortfall in the stock produced will be very easily surfaced and come to light the management realised that the local team in the factory may resist the implementation of the system 
because it would mean that they no longer had liberty to consume the stocks that they produced. Therefore, the management wanted to have a plan to address this possible resistance before the ERP system was implemented. However, they were also aware of the cultural sensitivities around the issue. What will you do if you were in the shoes of the headquarter management? The Mars model developed by Dr. Stephen McSheen and Dr. Mary Ann von Glenau states that there are four factors that directly influence employee behaviour and their resulting performance. These four factors are M for motivation, A for ability, R for role perceptions, and S for situ situational factors. And hence, the abbreviation is Mars model. So let me explain how we can use the mass model to change the behaviour of the factory workers. Let's start with motivation. Without getting too technical, motivation is the needs, desire, wants and drives within the person. Sometimes, people are driven by extrinsic rewards and at other times, people are driven by um, need for a bonding with others, or the need to protect what they have, or just the need to understand. The headquarter management knows that these workers are from a collectivistic society. This means that they need to prioritise the good of the community they are in over themselves, the individual. So the management decides to implement an incentive programme, whereby if the stock number produced by the team didn't tally with that of the expected output, then every member of the team will be penalised through a deduction of the overall team bonus at the end of the month. So, the management got a small win through the use of extrinsic reward to drive behaviour. However, when they examined the problem a little bit more and realised that the root of the problem already presented itself when the employee participated in the onboarding orientation event, it seemed that the local trainers had told the employees that one of the perks of working in a factory was that they could occasionally enjoy the fruit of their labour by just taking them home at the end of the day, as long as the quantity was small. Based on this data point, the management decided to replace the local trainers and the curriculum with HQ trainers and a centralised curriculum. So in the training, they taught the new recruits the correct procedures to account for the stocks and that the company values integrity and honesty, and therefore, they do not allow for products produced for customers to be consumed by the employees at their liberty. So this is the second lever in the mass model, which is ability. In layman terms, we will need to ask, does the employee know what to do and how to do? So by replacing the local with HQ trainers and curriculum, the company is making sure that the employees have clarity on the right thing to do. The third lever is role perception. Simply put, role perception is what the individual perceives to be his or her expected role obligations. This was a bit tricky and sensitive to implement because of the cultural sensitivities around this practice. So the HQ management instituted a role model worker and team program 
where those who display exemplary conduct and work performances were given the title of role model worker or role model teams. These individuals and teams were interviewed and their photos displayed at prominent locations in the factory floor. Of course, amongst the things which they mentioned was that as individuals and teams, they value honours and integrity, which will translate to indicators like no discrepancy between actual and expected outputs in their teams. So, through the testimony of these role models, other employees also get an idea of what is the management's expectation of them. So we have gone through M, A and R. All these three factors relate to things within the individual. The last factor, which is situational factor, is external to the person, but yet affect their behaviour and performance. Examples of situational factors will include the office environment, resources, organisational structure, etc., which either support or impede the change of the behaviour. So in this example, the situational factor that supported the change was the eventual implementation of the ERP system. The existence of the system gave transparency to track the actual and expected outputs, and it definitely made the worker think twice about taking the output. The MAS model is a comprehensive framework for us to use to identify levers to influence individuals' behaviour and performance. Of course, Different levers will fit different scenarios and it doesn't mean that the more levers we use, the outcome will be better. So, the next time you are faced with a situation where you need to change someone's behaviour, think about, firstly, what motivates that person? Does he care about money? Or does he care about the approval of people around him? Or does he just want to gain personal clarity and understanding of the matter? Secondly, does he know how to change does he have the skills and knowledge to undertake the change? Does he know what needs to be done? Thirdly, what is his role perception? What does he feel as the obligation that his role requires? Does he perceive that the change is necessary in his current role obligations or not? Last but not least is the situational factors. What external environmental factors can you change to make, it, to make sure that it's easier for people to adopt the change. Is it implementing a set of process or system or giving people more resources? If you have any questions or thoughts on this episode, please connect with me on LinkedIn at bit.ly slash squareapple. That's bit.ly forward slash s-q-u-a-r-e-a-p-p-l-e. Thank you and see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very honoured to have you here. If you would like to keep going and want to know more about the number one Southeast Asia's leading female entrepreneurship network, head over to Soul Rich Woman at S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com and download the free ebook on how to get clients and multiply your income through personal branding. Remember, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Do subscribe to The Square Apple Show and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.